He spent 12 seasons in the National Football League, an all-pro defensive end by way of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Pete Train, Bertrand Perry. <clears throat> and uh, Mike Gross. It's Train and Gross on the No Pull Podcast Network. Cut out the middleman. <laughs> I've almost got the intro memorized. <laughs> By way of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. You really want to replace him all together. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good guy. Any friend of Sean's is a friend of mine. Yeah, look, yeah. Listen, he, he gave you, he got very excited on your mm-hmm. name. You no, know. I'm just saying I could, you know, it's all, it's mm-hmm. all in corporate America now. It's all about streamlining and cost cutting mm-hmm. and reduction. Mm-hmm. Cause he's on he's he's on residuals, right? Like the pro copy guy. Every time that plays, yeah, he gets money. Mm. V Train, how you doing this week? Doing pretty good, brother. Uh, can't complain. Feeling pretty good. Weather's not too bad this week. Oh, it's beautiful out. Yeah, it's beautiful. So, we talked about doing this out in the uh, on the patio here at train station. Just couldn't get the, uh, the the cords run that far. Yeah, unfortunately. But it's a beautiful night in downtown Phoenix, and we're coming to you from train station. That's right. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Train and Gross. Is that shirt from Rex Chapman? That is. That's one amazing. The same. I love that. Block a charge, baby. That's two weeks in a row. Yeah gotta show love yeah. that's good it's not as good as last week let's right. be honest but that's that's mm-hmm. a good sh- that that's well done you, you got to be able to represent you know rex is a good friend to the to the to the show to me and and uh, i always want to show him love and and you gotta you gotta support small business guys absolutely and you talk about social media and you talk about how rex chapman yes i don't know you guys tell me is it fair to say he's become a force in social media oh he's been a force he right. has been a force for some time now. Right. No, but I mean, just rewind even, you know, 12 months. Yeah. Or, or, and to look at, you know, because it used to be block or charge, which is hilarious. Absolutely. And he's branched out. Yes. And, you know, two things. Don't cross him. Right. And he's got some friends in high places. That's right. I love his timeline cleansers. Those are some of the best. Oh, those are the best. Like, it's better than block or charge now. Yeah. It, it hits you in the feels every time. No doubt about Anything it. Anything with ponies. Horses, yeah, <laughs> little kids. He did one today with a chimpanzee, man. It was off the hook, man. I mean, I it was just, it was crazy. It almost got me. It almost got me. And you know, he'll take on the powerful. That's like, right. He's uh, his home state of Kentucky. He will spare no no angst when he's when somebody's in his crosshair. So we're not giving Rex, you know, total you know PR here, but I mean, he's had a better second half of his career than the first half. I think that's fair. And you know what's you know what's refreshing about mm-hmm. it because there's on social media so, so often people put up a facade or put up a mm-hmm. uh, you know something to you know something that they're not oh, like, he's all, quick to put his pictures all, up from back all, in the day and you know because people will throw that at him he'll of be course. like come on man yeah really and because you're not paying attention right he goes i own my path absolutely next yes so that's so so refresh so yeah rex chapman uh much love brother much love, much love. Rex chapman uh, all right, we got to lead off with the NBA again. Speaking of. Uh, speaking of, and it's getting fun. I mean, and we were talking before the show, and we'll get into the Suns for a, in a minute mm-hmm. specifically. But just the Western Conference. Like, <sighs> you look around, and, and, and let's talk about matchups. Let's talk about, geez, did you see what happened in Dallas? Or, you know, what's going on with the Lakers? Are they getting ready to be healthy? It's nice. It's a, it's a refreshing change. Mm-hmm. 
just to be able to have those types of conversations. That's right. Who do you want to see in the first round? Yeah. Who don't you want to see? Mm-hmm. You want to be one because you can avoid them, or you want to be two because you can get that matchup out of the way. Well, speaking of the seven to ten, like you don't want to be one of those guys caught in that seven to ten range because you're having to play extra basketball. It's almost like a play-in tournament for, for NCAA. So there's going to be a lot of guys these last couple of weeks really jockeying for playoff spots, making sure that they're out of that bottom four. And here's this is interesting to me. And, and obviously we know why the NBA did it. Mm-hmm. And we know that it was a unanimous decision by the owners. And this week, Luka Doncic came out and he's, he's like bagging on this whole idea of a play-in tournament. And well, who, Mark Cuban, more importantly. Well, no, but who comes to his defense and said, yeah, he's absolutely right. But then on the other side of the coin, you're like, wait a minute, you voted for this. Yeah. You put the, you put, yes, let's vote. So I don't know what Buyer's his, remorse. Right? Is it buyer's remorse? <laughs> it or is it's buyer's just, remorse. He's going to support his guy. Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think he finally looked at it for what it really was. I think he always is going to have Luca's back because Luca yeah. has shown that he is the next Dirk Nowitzki for the Dallas Mavericks. He is that star that is going to be one of the faces, one of the guys that you readily see on commercials for the NBA. He, he's a breath of fresh air. Let's just be honest. He's white. That goes a long way yeah. towards him being marketable because – a lot of consumers want to see white NBA mm-hmm. stars. And so the fact that you have a guy like a Larry Bird, a Dirk Nowitzki of, of, of times past, that's going to go well for him. And I think the fact that he's such a likable guy, that that's going to help him. And I think for Mark Cuban, he understands that he can write this guy for the next 15 years. So it's in his best interest to keep him happy. And I was going to say, in addition to all those things that you outlined, which I agree with, he also is finding his voice. Yes. Because he comes in as a young European player. Yes. And so I think, you know, I, I, the game was never too big for him. Never. But I think it might have been everything else around it when he first got here. But now he's not afraid no. to, to speak out and say, this is dumb. Yeah. You know, I, I know my boss voted for it. I know the guy that signs my paycheck voted for this. Yep. But I'm not afraid to say this is a bad idea to have a play-in game after all we've done this year. And I, I think, too, when you start having that voice, you, you make people show their true hands. And I think he made Mark Cuban really come out and give his real feelings. I think maybe he played the company line and, and voted for it because that's what the other owners wanted to do and you want to have a solid front. But – Deep down, those are probably more of his truer feelings, what he's saying now, than what he actually voted for. It's unfortunate that you had to give up your vote in order to, to, to go along to get along. But when you at least come out and, and, and support your, your star, I think that goes a long way towards that relationship having a nice, healthy balance for a long time. Yeah, and I don't know where one negative vote. I mean, if, if it was all the other owners against Mark Cuban, it was still going to happen. Stand right? alone, though. Right? And Exactly. So, Stand I don't, alone. you know, at some point... And I don't, Mark Cuban's an odd duck, and I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole. And obviously, very successful, obviously, very wealthy. And it, it, he picks his battles, but he doesn't always dig in and fight after the fact, if that no, makes sense. No, he'll say, he'll get it, he'll get his, 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 his line, his headliner. Uh, with, with what he says, but then there's not a lot of, of, of backup to that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, the headline grabbing is exactly right. All right, the standings. It's like I said, this to me is fascinating. The Suns and the Jazz still neck and neck. Suns a game and a half out from the Jazz. And I think we talked about this. If it ends up in, uh, well, they play three games this year. So if it ends up in a tie, the Suns have that tiebreaker over the Jazz. And then, like I said, you look up and down. And, and I think what we were just talking about a moment ago, you look at the bottom four, currently seven Dallas, eight Memphis, and then the two that would join them in a play-in, Golden State and San Antonio. 
Golden State, interesting to me this year. They're not the Golden State of old, but mm-hmm. anytime you have Steph Curry doing what Steph Curry does, mm. they're entertaining and they'd be good TV for the NBA, which again, that pays off for that decision, right? Yeah. And and gives, uh, gives you a little bit more Golden State, at least for a couple games. And I think too, looking at uh, Draymond Green, a guy that when he's right and he's kind of engaged mm-hmm. and he's active, that team is a different team. They look different. And say what you will about Draymond. He's made some outlandish statements. He, he came out recently and said, I'm the best defensive player ever in NBA history. And I was like, okay, let's, let's pump the pump brakes, the brakes is right. on that one. <laughs> but the fact that he could be in the play for defensive player of the year this year, he's already won the award once. And he's been, I think, runner-up a couple of the other times. So he's a good defensive player, but to say the greatest of all time, that's a bit far-fetched. But when he's right and when he's doing all those other things, assisting and, and rebounding and doing those and scoring the basketball, Golden State has a different look to him. So they're going to be one of those teams that if you're in that range of 7 to 10, that's a team that you really don't yeah. want to see because they know how to win in that time of year. They've got – three rings that show they know how to get it done when the time counts. And a team that I'm, I'm looking at, and, and you've mentioned them a couple times already in past podcasts, B-Train, the Denver Nuggets. Don't they, sleep on the Nuggets. Man. Nuggets are 8-2 and two right now. They're sitting in the four spot. And Took a big hit, though, just recently. Their guy just got – he just went down ACL, torn oh, ACL. Oh, I, I missed that part. I'm sorry. but yeah, So there you go. But still, yeah, you know, you, you look at this Jamal team. Crawford. I, I missed that. So Murray, Jamal Murray. I mean, I'm sorry, Jamal Murray. Murray. Torn ACL, man. Out. Yeah, He's yeah, done. That's, that, that's no. It happened in the last 50 seconds of the game. Ugh. Which is just brutal. Brutal. You know? I, I completely missed he that. He was one, driving. But. He was driving the lane. He kind of did a like a, a, a kind of a euro step ish to the left, and the way he landed on the mm-hmm. leg, you could just see it kind of buckle out. It was. It wasn't good. Well, yeah. I, I got a queasy stuff when it comes to that stuff, anyways. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see how that, that – uh, so up until that point, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, still they're, they're – you know, they are still a very talented team. Oh, yes. And playing really well right now. Absolutely. And, and I think the Aaron Gordon signing was huge for yeah. them because that, that takes – that softens the blow just a little bit. And as long as you got the joker, you, you've got a chance. When you got a big guy that can do all the things that he does, they're still going to be a dangerous team in the West. Yeah, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on, on the, the, the matchups as this thing plays itself out. And meanwhile, yeah. here locally mm. – we just keep rolling. Keep rolling. Yeah, just along. keep rolling. Gotta and love it. Every night it's something else. And and you know we were talking before we started recording. Uh, you know DeAndre Ayton is finding his way. You know he's he's uh, playing. I, I don't know. It's, it's, I won't go swagger, but confidence. Like he feels to me like he's a little more confident. Um, and I like it. You know, I like it. His numbers aren't as good as they've been, but he feels more effective, if that makes sense. Yeah, he's never going to be that number one overall draft pick status guy, but he's going to be a guy that can help you win. I'll I'll give him that. He's a guy that can, if you put him out there, he's going to have a presence on the court. He's a, he, he can get you rebounds. He can score the basketball if you set him up in the right way. And and he's not a, a guy that is just completely soft and, and inept and, and can't do anything on his own. So I think he's going to be a quality player. I think he's going to be a complimentary type player. But as far as a, a, a number one overall pick that you just build the team around, he's never going to be that guy. And I think the Sooner Suns fans understand that Mm -hmm. and accept that the better off he as well as Suns fans in this organization will be and and they'll act accordingly and how they 
construct this ball club. And, and you know, the, the credit continues, you know, for Chris Paul. We've talked about that, you know, what we think and where, mm-hmm. where he should land in that uh, MVP conversation. And it's on the court, of course, but it's the, the soft skills, if you will, that sure. he brings to the table. Sure. And he was asked about DeAndre Ayton postgame mm-hmm. recently, mm-hmm. and he said, look, he goes, I've been hard on him. Yeah. I've been hard on him. And, and you know, that to me is, is reinforcing that point that we've been spending a lot of time talking about. Right. Didn't come here to be his buddy. Didn't no. come here to make him, you know, blow up that ego at all. Nope. So I've been hard on him, yep. you know, because I see what he's capable of or could be capable of. Right. And now we're, and he, he phrased it interestingly. He said, now we're starting to see a little glimpse of that. Like, That's right. you know, he's not even all the way there in Chris Paul's mind. You know, Chris Paul, I, I look at his career and it's one of the more star-crossed careers that I've ever seen because he's a guy that makes every team better that he's been on, but the teams haven't had the ultimate success that they were supposed to have, no matter what team it was, whether it was the Clippers or the Hornets or the, the Rockets or the Oklahoma City Thunder. Those were all playoff teams, but they never really made a lot of noise in the playoffs. And, and the fact that those Clipper teams never got to a conference final, let alone an NBA final, mm-hmm. that's always going to be that yeah, but that goes with Chris Paul. And I don't know if this year is going to be the year he's able to get that off his back. If he's able to make that run and get to a conference final, I think that's going to be one of those that solidify Chris Paul as one of the all-time great point guards. I don't want to say great players, right. but all-time great point guards. And that's a great point. And I think it's this This is a hard city. You've been here a long time. Sure. Sean and I have been here. This is a hard city for sports fans and for, you know, to figure it out. So Long suffering. You know, absolutely. <laughs> and But when it happens, the expectations are sky Skyrocketed. High. Yep. So I, I'm looking at this team and, you know, by every indication, they have out, outpaced, out, they've exceeded whatever you want to say any reasonable expectation where you thought they would be. In other words, if we're sitting here in November and I tell you guys, we're going to be talking about the Suns in mid-April, they're going to be a game and a half out of the top spot in the Western Conference, I would not I would have got looks like I was nuts. But it's their own fault though, Mike, because once you become a number two seed, then the expectations have to increase. Once you put yourself in that position, now the expectation is, okay, if you're one of the top two teams in the conference, then you should be in the conference finals because the way that it's set up, you've gone this far. Why not take it all the way? Why not finish this thing off? Because you've got veterans now. You've got playmakers. You've got a coach that understands how to win in that type of, of situation. So what's the excuse now? You're right, but... I have a hard time right now, and again, we don't know what's going to happen again, April 15th. We don't know. There's a lot, a lot of time between now and the time this is going to happen. But I have a really hard time saying that if this Suns team hangs in the one, two, three, let's right. uh, because that's pretty much it, right? right? And for some reason, they get matched up, a bad matchup, whatever, and they don't advance deep into the playoffs. I'm not saying they lose in the first round necessarily, but they don't get to the conference finals. I have a hard time getting my mind to the point where I'm going to say, boy, that was disappointing. I mean, you might be disappointed for that result and you might want to see all that happen. But for this team that's missed the playoffs for 10 10 years years in a row, and there weren't experts, let's go back and review the Uh the experts, what they thought this team would be. When they signed Chris Paul, hey, six, seven, eight, we can see that. We think that's reasonable. Mm -hmm. If if people take care of it. And then if they don't get to the conference finals, you're right on the one hand. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I don't see how I could sit here as a fan and say, boy, that is a disappointment. So what is the marker? What is... I don't know. To me, if you can't win a playoff round, you're a top two seed Mm -hmm. in the 
whole in the in the conference. We're yep. talking about the Western Conference. And we've talked about how this conference is 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 stockpiled with really good teams. Mm-hmm. If you somehow get through the regular season gauntlet and you're a number two seed, mm-hmm. you got to get me at least one playoff. And game. I would agree with that. And you're particularly because in 2021, you're playing a team that would have had to have played a play-in series while you're sitting back waiting for them, chilling. So I would agree with that. Yeah, you got to win one. I completely agree. I think that's more than reasonable. And and I would I wouldn't have any problem if you go one and done in the postseason, feeling like that's a disappointment. I 100 percent would feel that way. But uh, but after that, after that, it, let's not forget about the history of this of this game. Everybody who goes into the postseason for their first time as a young team, and let's look at the Suns in that way outside of Chris Paul. They're younger. Book, Booker's well, Booker's never been there. Okay, uh, Mikel Bridges has never been there. DeAndre Ayton's never been there. There's three of, your, three of your five starters there. Now, Crowder was in the NBA Finals last year. Chris Paul, we just talked about his history. But every team that makes it to the to the NBA playoffs always has to take their learning lessons, mm-hmm. right? Even the greats. Jordan and the Bulls had to figure out how to beat the Pistons. Those Pistons had to figure out how to beat the Celtics. Celtics. So everybody has to go through that. These Suns are going to run into the Clippers who have given them trouble all year long, or, or the, the Lakers. Lakers. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to get through that. Mm-hmm. So they're, let's not overreact if they win in the first round but get bounced 4-1 in the second round. Let's not overreact. Everybody has to take – usually that's the history of the NBA. You take your lumps. Usually usually you do the first time in. Okay, but the thing that that makes this fan base different is, remember, this was a basketball city, first and foremost. Yeah, I remember. Before the Diamondbacks, before the Cardinals, before the Coyotes, this was a a Suns city. Phoenix was owned – by the Suns. Yeah, they were. So then you go through this long playoff drought where you don't have any type of of, of competition that will put you in a position to 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 make any kind of noise. This fan base has struggled and suffered for so long. They're going to latch on to this season and they're going to be like, we're going to the championship. The average fan that doesn't really understand what you just said, Sean, which is absolutely right. They're going to be like, oh, we're going to the finals. We're a top two seed. We're at least going to the conference finals just based off of the record. They're going to look at the conference standings and be like, the Phoenix Suns are number two. Oh, this is our year. That's going to be the four words that come out of the majority of the fans, whether it's right or justified or not. And I think if they get bounced in the first round, that's going to be worse than not making the playoffs to a lot of fans. I would agree with that. Yeah. Here in the Valley. And that's it, that. because you, you know, the, the analytical side, that all makes sense. Yeah. Right? What we've been talking about yeah. from a, just an – but this is a weird town. It's emotional. It, right? It's and, emotional. They've suffered so long. Yeah. Ten and, years. You know what I think a lot of it has to do with, too, is we've had, the, we've had short runs but never long periods of it. So, you know, the Suns had the early, early days, yeah. right, when you, when you went to the NBA Finals and, and lost to the Celtics. But that wasn't you – didn't, you didn't instantly go back to the Finals, nope. right? You didn't instantly go back. You were always a playoff team, but yeah. you didn't go back till 93. Right. 93 happens. Well, in 94 and 95, the Rockets – you probably remember those very well. Being, oh, thank you so yeah, much. Uh, Tuesday, I'm from knock, knock the Suns out back-to-back years. Yes, a lot yes. of the players on that team will tell you, a lot of the players that were on the 93 team will tell you that 94 was a more talented basketball team because they had spent a whole year together, they knew each other even better, and they felt like they were a better basketball team at that point. But then Mario Eli hits the three, kiss of death. Uh, yeah. Let's not rehash that. Yeah. So you have that small era, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Then you fast-forward to the Nash era. It feels like it was forever, but it was really oh five oh six oh seven. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. short, right? Yeah. So um, we've the Suns have never had long 
And then let's talk about your, your your run in the in the to the Super Bowl as well. Mm-hmm. It was it was Two a years. couple oh, years. Eight, no nine. Yeah, you know. So with the the fan base here is so emotional. I think because it's always a roller always. coaster. Always emotional and and fair weather. If you want to call them that, front running. If you want to call that, I always used to t- tell the story when the Diamondbacks won the World Series. Mm-hmm. The best year attendance they ever had was the year after right. they won the World Series. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because that's that's how this now city it's the is. thing to be right. Yeah, thing you know the place co- to be the Coyotes. You know that point exactly. They, they are obviously the, the, re- they the, the well, yeah, twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. But you know, well, the stadium's in Glendale, and nobody likes hockey, and Thursday night won't work. Mm. Every playoff game in sold Coyotes out. in twenty twelve sold out, yep. and it wasn't just the Blackhawks when yep. they played Nashville. Who yep. cares about Nashville? Yep. Thursday night at the arena in Glendale sold out because it was an event. It was a playoff. It was Phoenix, and that's what you latch on to. Yep. And, and I think ASU is even susceptible to this. So this will be really interesting to see, yeah. bringing it back to the Suns, how this goes. Because intuitively, you're right. you got to get one, especially yeah. the way it's set up this year. Right. But anything after that, in my mind, at some level, has to be considered gravy. Uh, again, sure. understand if you're number two, there should be that expectation. But right. if it doesn't happen... You haven't been there yet, so you don't know. This is uncharted territory. Right. So I'll, I'll two things. So one, when you the last thing you said sparked something. It's kind of like if you're a number two seed in the NCAA tournament, you get bounced early. If you don't make it to the Sweet 16, you're considered it's considered a failure. Yeah. Like you didn't meet up to your expectations. Mm-hmm. But then you think about Phoenix. This is such a transient city. There's so many people that are not from here that bring their loyalties from other areas. Right. You got a lot of. Midwest loyalties here. You got a lot of uh, teams from the East Coast, yeah. uh, you know, that they're, they're fans of. And so when they come and watch games at the Cardinals or any team here in, in Phoenix, <laughs> yeah. it's like, okay, we'll, we'll watch them because, you know, they're, they're close and we can't get to our teams yeah. back East, you know. And if they win, hey, that's great. We, we love this team. We're going to get behind yeah. them. But as soon as they start losing again, yeah. hey, they got their Packer jerseys. They got their Bears jerseys. They got their Broncos jerseys, Raider jerseys. Hell, Cowboy they even jerseys. got Lions jerseys. And nobody's Lions, Lions jerseys. fan, damn it. You know what I mean? So well, it, it's everybody's from somewhere else. And I think that's one of the bigger reasons why this fan base is so hot yeah. and cold. Can't wait to see if the Suns and the Lakers play this year. About what's the what's the percentage of Laker fans? Oh, it's always in, that, that, in the that's, building. That's even always yeah, right thirty or Dodgers, forty percent. Lakers yeah. games are always nuts. Interesting, yeah. isn't it? It's a good conversation to have. No doubt, we we're finally to, having it. Which we don't is have good. to talk about the ping pong balls. And hopefully, we don't blow the draft this year. Ooh. Real quickly, uh, before we get out of here uh, in the NBA talk, Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, uh, man, fifteen to, years. And the story is, you know, I don't want to say interesting because it's a man's health, but, you know, we, we talked about this, you know, when professional athletes, 15-year long, long career, how that decision is made for you, right? Oh, and question. and oh, this, question. this one was, my body's telling me uh, this heart, needs to be. Irregular you heart. Don't you, don't, you don't mess with that. You don't mess with the heart, Mike. You know? And, and he was set up to be on a championship team and, you know, even going back to, to Julius Irving. And I thought his comments were interesting this week because he said, the Nets are trying to buy a championship. And you're talking about one of the all-time great Nets coming out and really throwing shade towards the the current organization. Those words are going to – they're going to hold weight. Even though he was in New Jersey and now they're Brooklyn, blah, 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 it's still Dr. J. And when Dr. J speaks, people listen. So for him to come out and say that and for LaMarcus to be on that team, understand the situation that they were probably going to be in and to still make that decision, it just goes to show that he does truly indeed value his health mm-hmm. because he could have very easily have just sat on the bench 
and 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 coattailed his way to a ring and it wouldn't have helped his career. We've talked about that in shows past. It wouldn't have done anything to enhance his legacy, but for him personally, it would have given him a lot of satisfaction to have ridden off into the sunset yeah. with one of those chunky rings on his finger saying, hey, I was part of a team that, that went all the way. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. And uh, yeah, you could see it for the rest of the season, DMP, coach's decision or something like that. Um, so yeah. That was respecting uh, for that. I, yeah, I, 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 I have mad respect yeah, for that. You know, the, the statement, you know, now is the time to focus on myself and my family, my health. That's that's important. So, all right, that's it for uh, for NBA talk. But hey, I like the way this is trending. No doubt. I have it. Like I said, April 15th. Stay tuned. I have a feeling we'll be doing this uh, for a couple more months, which is kind of no cool. No doubt. All right. On the other side, we'll talk a little college basketball and whatever else is going on. You're listening to Train and Gross. Train and Gross. College basketball, as promised. Well, it didn't take long. Mm. One week ago, we were talking about uh, Sean Miller mm-hmm. packing it up, leaving town. Yep. Yeah. Peace. See you later. Taking the paycheck and uh, finding Archie. Um, Arizona didn't listen to us. Mm-mm. Steve Kerr's not in the picture. No. I don't know if he ever was. I mean, you read, I sent you an article after the fact, and you know, he promised to help any way he could and, you know, his alma mater this and support them that. But I never, I mean, if you read between the lines, you're like, mm-hmm. he's thinking about this, isn't he? But when, right. when, when you kind of really dissect it, he was just being a good, what Steve Kerr is, yeah. like a, a good team player. No doubt. Uh, on the very end. But uh, Tommy Lloyd, longtime okay. assistant at Gonzaga, named the new head coach of the Arizona Wildcats. Comes from a winning program, comes from a program that has had some success and... Didn't quite get to that level of, of winning a championship, but but got on the doorstep mm-hmm. a few times and Final Four and obviously the championship appearance last this past uh, couple weeks. But hey, I, I think anytime that you have a, a, a program like they have up there in in Washington State, I, I think you're going to be a a hot candidate mm-hmm. for lots of openings and especially openings where they need a little stability. Yep. And he just seemed like a right fit from a stability standpoint. A guy that has come from stable uh, organization and program and, and, and kind of knows how to run this thing. You know, I really believe Mark Few has given him an opportunity to, to really go out there and, 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 and run practices at times and give him an opportunity mm-hmm. to, to show leadership. So this was, the na- this was the next step. And I'm sure he hates to see his, his top assistant go, but this is what he's trained him for. It's a natural progression in a yeah. coach's life, uh, life cycle. And, you know, I think you also can read between the lines about where Arizona's headed because a lot of people will say, you know, you know a, a program of the stature that Arizona is or was, depending on which one you want to choose, has to settle, do air quotes on a podcast, settle for an assistant coach, even if it's from one of the top programs in the country. And, you know, I, I get that a little mm-hmm. bit. And, you know, maybe the market of existing head coaches mm. that would have considered this move wasn't as great given what the potential of NCAA sanctions are. So Tommy Lloyd, when he's cutting his teeth, his first job, he can come down here, establish himself, and whatever happens with the NCAA happens, and that's not on him. Mm-hmm. He can put the foundation in place. Whereas if you're that established guy, mm-hmm. you don't want to deal with that. And I, that was going to be my point, Mike. And and I, I heard a lot of people talking about, oh, was this a good hire? It's like, okay, this wasn't a hotbed for people to come to anyway. When you start talking about 
Arizona basketball, it, it, it doesn't carry the same weight as it did with Lute Olsen. It, it just doesn't. Right. It, it's, it's not the same program that it once was. And they don't have that same national uh, identity, if you will, as far as, as, as people knowing them being a brand name like a Kentucky, a North Carolina, Duke, those type of teams. So I, I think for Arizona alum, I, I think – you should you shouldn't be so upset about this because it's not about the the name that you know because all of these coaches at some point were names that people didn't know yeah. they grew into what they ultimately became and and I remember a time when Roy Williams was an assistant coach on, on North Carolina's bench yeah you know helping with Michael Jordan and it wasn't until he got to Kansas and got his feet wet and won that he became Roy Williams and then he came back home and and obviously. Had some success with North Carolina, winning three championships and, and rolled off into the sunset this last year. But, Mike, I, I just look at this and I say, well, what did you expect? Did yeah. you expect a, a, a Mike Krzyzewski or, or a, a, another big name? Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo to, to leave Michigan State to come to U of A? I mean, are you serious right now? And I think this was one of the first times that I saw the University of Arizona make a real intelligent decision. Yeah. One that really made sense for the program and where it is today. Right. And I think that w- that had to, and, and, and it will come out in the days and weeks uh, to come as we read the coverage of this, and it had to be a fit on both sides. Right. And it had to be a fit from a, um, a, 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 a what's the word I'm looking for? Because the, the other shoe is going to drop from the NCAA. Sure. And so you want to take a, a guy that doesn't have any baggage, that doesn't have any anything. And patient. And, and, well, on the one hand, right? Sure. You've got to send the right message. And then to your point, because I think that's the, the greatest unknown right now. With the NCAA, if you knew what the penalties were, if the, if the NCAA had, had lodged their, their formal documents, whatever they're going to do to the mm-hmm. U of A, and said, your postseason ban is this, your postseason ban is that, your $5,000 fine like USC I was just going to say, do you think there's going to be a postseason ban? I don't, now USC, I don't know. I don't believe there will be. USC got a $5,000 fine, slap on the wrist, some probation, right. no postseason ban, you know, it, to me, it's it, you want to. Talk, it's the ultimate slap on the wrist. If I'm a fan of USC, that doesn't affect me at all. No, not they at did, all. They didn't take any 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 scholarships away. It doesn't affect me at all. I want to go back to that in just a minute. But to the 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 immediate, we didn't know the USC story till today. Sure, so it was an unknown for whoever's coming in. Is my point. So That's fair. If you're going to roll the dice as an established coach. You would come to Arizona if you were comfortable with whatever those sanctions were going to be. Right. And we still don't know, but maybe we're reading the tea leaves, and we'll get back to that in a minute. The other thing is the former Arizona players that were lobbying and looking for maybe an opportunity here. I get it, and I appreciate that. You know, we see our Jawan Howard comments from the last couple podcasts. But the other thing I know in college basketball is the Booster Club drives a lot of these decisions. Yep. You know, at football programs and college basketball programs around the country, they're writing the checks. They wrote the check to push Sean Miller out. Mm-hmm. They're going to write the check to help them hire their new head coach. Yep. And for whatever reason, boosters went this direction. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to understate the role of the the university president and the, the athletic director. I get it, but boosters play a big part of these decisions. Yes, they do. And I think for Arizona, 
having a guy that they brought in that was an assistant coach that didn't have a lot of controversy around him, I thought that was big yeah. from a profile standpoint. You can't bring in another guy that's had any kind of no. questionable character at all from some other spot and then bring him in and say, hey, this is going to be our guy and he's going to run a squeaky clean program. Wink, wink. You Don't know worry. I mean? Can't do that. You've got to have Patino's learned his lesson. Oh, my gosh. He I, will he, not cheat again. He will not do it. My goodness. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Yeah. I, I just I look at this and I think, OK, it is still a big time job It's still in the Pac-12. It's still University of Arizona. Yep. You can say what you want about the luster not being as bright on that that program, but it is still University of Arizona. They still have that success that they've amassed over the years and they still have that alumni that are backing them and, and that are supporting them. So. I, I think there's a chance that they can rebound quickly, yep. but they've got to be on their P's and Q's. You yeah. cannot afford to go under under the under the table and try to do this thing too fast. No, I, I completely agree with you, and and you know I I still you know and we can debate back and forth. Your point well taken that you know this is not Kentucky basketball, this is not no. Duke basketball, no. but this is not also some bottom feeding program either. Even with the troubles that they're going through right now, if they handle this properly. Right. And so if they get it right, it's still Tucson. This is a one trick town. Right. Yep. And that's where the money down there. We're going to they're going to go all in on this yep. program. Even, you know, it, even, they're one of the few big time college football. Excuse, I played my cards. College programs where the basketball team is ahead of the football team in yes. terms of the pecking order. Yes. Mike, you know who missed out on a great opportunity here? Who's that? Arizona State. Bobby Hurley. They could have really established themselves as the team in Arizona, and they didn't do it. Because now you've had UCLA, you've had Oregon, you've had all these other teams in the Pac-12 really come in and establish themselves, plant their flags and say, hey, we are the team of the Pac-12. They've had success mm -hmm. most recently in the NCAA tournament. You saw UCLA get all the way to the Final Four. So Arizona State had an opportunity to really win the state. Yeah. During this time, because University of Arizona was down, they were kind of rolling over and, and showing their belly like, hey, we, 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 <laughs> we accept whatever punishment you give us. We're going to do a self-ban. We're going to do all these things to say, hey, you know, mercy, please. And Arizona State didn't take advantage of that by really putting a stranglehold on the basketball scene here in Arizona. And I, I just thought for Bobby Hurley and company, they had a golden opportunity to do that and they fell short. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. We talk about, you know, whatever the sport, whatever the program, whatever the conference, like those preeminent names, right? Yes. You know, and I think a lot of people are going to look back on this last number of years and say, is this an opportunity lost if UCLA capitalizes on what they did this year? Right. Real quickly, before we close the book on Arizona, uh, one thing that'll be interesting for me, you know, when you talk about the alums and talk about how uh, they accept this new regime is Jason Terry. Hmm. Jason Terry's on the staff currently, mm -hmm. and will he be embraced? Will he be, uh, will he embrace, and will he in turn be embraced by the new coaching staff, the new regime? Because I think it, it's important, and, and I know we've talked about this at Notre Dame, um, and we hear about it all the time with programs, is what's your link to your past? What's your link to your former players right. when you turn over? Because you're going to have natural turnover, even if your program's not having problems. Coaches sure. come and go. Sure. And I think it's important that Jason Terry, since he's on the ground in Tucson, since he's mm -hmm. in the building every day, mm -hmm. to watch how he is treated and watch how he, he reacts here. 
Because I think to me, that signals out to the rest of the alums, okay, look, this is going to be all right. We're going to be okay here uh, with this new coaching staff. Mike, I truly believe you almost are obligated to keep Jason Terry. And here's why. I think why. so. Because he is not only a link to the past, he's a link to the championship past. Mm -hmm. He was on that team in 1997 that won it all. And he was also an NBA champion in with the with the Dallas Mavericks. So he's a guy that's got championship pedigree on both levels. And you know good and well, Mike, and I can speak from experience, when you've got that guy that is that that holdover, that that link to the past, everybody else that is an alum that wants to know what's going on, mm -hmm. they're calling him. So Jason Terry is going to do so much work for the University of Arizona that they have no idea that he's doing. He's so invaluable to that yeah. to that program that he, he's going to give out. He's going to be able to, to hold those guys back when they're not even expecting Jason Terry to hold them back because he's going to give them that that up to the date information on what's going on because they're going to call and they're going to want to know what's going on with the school what's going on with the with the program i mean are, are, yeah. are, are we are we are we back or or are we going to be you know having to, to to long suffer for a few more years like what's the deal and trust me they're leaning on that guy so if you don't have him you disconnect with that 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 yesteryear alumni and and that's the situation that you never want to be in as good as arizona basketball has been arizona football has been miserable uh, if, if there's a word worse than that, I want to know what it is. And when they hired the new head coach, Jed Fish, everybody's like, who? Like, who? I've never heard of this guy before. He's made good moves since he's been there. And one of the most, and I hate to buy into the hype, but it goes to the point that we're making. When he had his spring game, Mm -hmm. Who the honorary coach or the the the, the coach of a, the the red team and the blue? Teddy Bruschi and and and, uh, and Gronk. Gronk. Yeah, Gronk comes back to Tucson for the first time since he left after his his career as a Wildcat. How about that? You're telling me Rich Rodriguez couldn't figure that out? <laughs> Kevin Sumlin couldn't figure that out? Like, I, I'm not even saying I buy into all the hype of, of Gronk all the time, but Gronk is Gronk. And he's an Arizona, when he's introduced he's theirs. from Arizona Wildcats. He's, he's one of theirs. Right? And Teddy Bruschi is as class personified as you're going to As you're going to get. And yes. so, like I said, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to translate into games one in Tucson because they've got a, a roster that was absolutely mm. miserable. Yeah. So it's going to take a couple years. But, you know, those just what you said about Jason Terry, and that's what came to my mind when I thought about it. got to keep it. You him. know, the former player, Ricky Hunley's on the sidelines. Like, Ricky yeah. Hunley, back in the day, was the man. Absolutely. When he came out of Arizona. you got to keep him. And he never got a sniff from this school, yep. almost to the point where it was almost disrespectful in yep. some, some places. But this guy's figured out, you've got to have a link to your past. Got to. And so we'll see. Like I said, it, 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 I don't know how that translates to wins and losses. It might not. But it's still something to keep an eye on. And I think it bears exactly what you said with the basketball program. Yeah, Mike, real quick. Every, every successful program has that link to some degree in their program, whether it's a coach, whether he's community relations. On some level, you've got that link to your past. And, and you know, again, I, I said we don't want it to go down. But I will. You and I have talked about this. I know because we talked on the radio show. When you left, you had the various eras during your the, from the time you left Notre Dame mm. that you felt more welcomed than others and more more mm. connected to mm. your alma mater mm. than others. So mm. that's real. Yeah, it's very real, and it's still today one of those where I'm very sensitive about it. And and a lot of the guys that were around when I was teammates, they're sensitive about it. We talk all the time, Mike. I, if if you were to poll us on a seven-day week, I know we talk at least twice a week. Right. Two out of seven days, every single week. And I am 
five years removed from college. And I'm telling you, it's in my daily, almost weekly thought. So don't think just because you're not there on campus that you ever are that out of touch to what's going on at, at your alma mater. Absolutely. And speaking of which, before we're done here, sorry, just keep going and going. It's like the Energizer Bunny. Hmm. Uh, cool, uh, cool piece by Lisa Kelly. Yeah. Shout out to Lisa. Uh, SB Nation, the uh, Notre Dame page. OneFootDown.com. Throwback Thursday, former Notre Dame defensive lineman yeah. Bertram Berry. Yeah. So that's pretty Full cool. Full name and everything. That's right. We uh, tweeted it out on Train and Gross. Picture was kind of jacked up, though. I mean, you know, Brad's got his face, hands all in my face. I was going to ask you about that, but during a break. That. What, yeah. What's up with that picture? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't pick that picture, you know. I, I picked the one that's during the article, but well, that one, they, they just picked that one randomly. When you saw that picture, do you remember that happening? Yeah, I remember that. It was hands to the face. I, I went to the ref and I complained about it. It was at Sun Devil. Yeah? Yeah. Did the ref listen? No. Absolutely not. I mean, you know, there's no love at that point, you know, for the D lineman and offensive lineman because they can call something every single play. And I get it. I get it. But that was that that picture pretty much tells the story that that was hands to the face, illegal hands to the face. All these years later, it's still true. It's still right there, brother. All right, we'll talk NFL on the other side. Train and gross. Train and gross. This might be a record. Third segment. The NFL has fallen to on training gross. Wow. Yeah. Might be, because I don't know what we did last week. Maybe we didn't. I don't know. Uh, fairly quiet in Tempe this week. Uh, yep. Arizona Cardinals uh, with one move of note. Uh, they signed former Steeler, uh, former Pitt Panther, Erie Cancer Survivor. Cancer Survivor, Erie Pennsylvania native, uh, James Conner yeah. to, uh, to a, a contract. Um, I don't know. Veteran depth. Yeah, right. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Hard nosed guy. Because we were talking beforehand. He, Sean, I believe, said has never played more than thirteen games in a season, which is more important now because they added a game. (laughs) So you know, you you that durability. But I think it also shows, and this isn't specifically about James Conner, but it just shows you how the game evolves and how the running back position is viewed Hmm. in in twenty twenty one NFL. I mean, it is it is something. I don't want to say the Cardinals are treating as an afterthought, and they're not unique in this way. But Definitely it almost feels like it's an afterthought. Definitely devalued. Definitely not a a position of we need a home run hitter. They right. don't feel like they need that guy because he's not going to get the ball as much as the other position players as far as wide receivers. I mean, you you bring in AJ Green, you got you know you've got so many so many playmakers on the outside. I, I just don't see how many balls that the, the running back is going to get and, and certainly not carries. He's, there, there's, not, there's not a guy on the roster as we speak, Mike, that you would give the ball to 25 times. No, I don't think you could. With, I mean, certainly Chase Edmonds shows, and I love Chase Edmonds, you know, the, the guy, like everything you hear about him, but that's not his game. Like he, no. he's, not, he can't, he's not that durable. And, you know, Connors, I don't know. And, but you're right. Like, even, you don't need that guy in this roster. Mm-hmm. And so that's the point. Like, he signs a one-year deal. And relative to NFL contracts, 1.75 is, I don't want to call it chump change. It's, I mean, but it's, it's, it speaks to where it's at right now with, with running backs in the NFL. And I'm curious, too, because one thing about Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin likes good, hard-nosed guys. Yeah. And, and, and James Conner is as much the epitome of that as you will find. So for Mike Tomlin to say, hey, we'll pass on this guy, I just cause the pause. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's here. He's a good running back. He's going to be a great veteran. Work ethic, everything is there. He checks all those mm-hmm. boxes. But it just makes you wonder, 
if Mike Tomlin has given up on you and said you're not that guy anymore or we're willing to live without you, it just gives you cause to pause. That's it. And another guy that uh, made a little news, uh, not that he had any options of his own, but he signed, Dennis Gardick signed his tender. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, that goes to what's his health, right? Because his season ended, unfortunately, uh, with a knee injury. Uh, mm-hmm. A guy, though, that you know, rose to the occasion last year and took advantage of, of the opportunity that was given to him you know, guy that was old. injuries before his injury. Injury before his. I mean, he was a special teams guy, mm-hmm. and you love the energy, you love the enthusiasm, you love the story from a small college in yep. the middle of nowhere. Yep. Um, so he signs his tender, tender, excuse me, uh, and he'll be back with the Cardinals. And and I guess, like I said, they, they assume because all this has taken place, that's good news from an injury standpoint. Yeah, glue guy, a real glue guy. You right. need guys like that on your roster for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Other than that, quiet week uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. Not I mean, necessarily a bad thing. No, I mean at some point, you know, you've done what you're going to do. Oh, and and almost forgotten. That shows you where we're at. Larry Fitzgerald, no news. Yeah, I. To me, as this thing draws out, it almost seems as if they're preparing something big forfeits because I, I just can't see him all of a sudden just saying, okay, now I'm going to play. He, he, you're at, you're at a stage in your career where if you're going to play at year 18, yeah. you, you, you're already making those steps. You're already or, or in your, your training regimen that you have, that you've done for years and years and years and years. And Larry has never been a big talker about that. And, uh, you've always heard about him making travel arrangements and yeah. going different places around the world. In the world. Hadn't heard about that even. So there's been, been quiet. an unusual quietness about Larry Fitzgerald. I think there was a, a couple sightings of him at Suns games. Well, uh, he's the owner. So. No, I understand that. But, I mean, that, that's, that's the sum total of Larry Fitzgerald sightings around town. Right. Like, to your point, like he hasn't checked in with the media. He hasn't. You know, no pictures of him coming in or out of Cardinals headquarters in Tempe. Yeah. So it's all quiet. So I, I, the, the more the more you, you know, we talk about it, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the other option, too, that, that had been, you know, you filed under clickbait. You know, Larry's going to go to play in Minnesota. Larry's going to go play in Tampa. If, if what you say about Larry Fitzgerald is true here, mm-hmm. it's doubly, triply so, in other, you know, because they're going to then, uh, you know, acquiesce to him to help him achieve something in his career. So the idea that Tampa's going to wait and wait and wait for Larry Fitzgerald or the nope. Vikings are going to wait nope. and wait and wait for nope. Larry Fitzgerald. Nope. So I think, I think you're right. So now it's just a matter of how it's announced and how the world finds out. Yeah, and I, I will say I, I – I'm proud of the fact that I had six years of calling him a teammate and, and his first six years of his career, uh, it, it was a magical ride. And obviously we were able to reach heights that this organization has not been able to reach since. And very proud of, of the man that he's become and, and seeing him blossom into a older guy now is, is just, it's surreal to kind of yeah. see it come full circle. And the number 17 year, mm. 18 year, whatever it ends up being. You know, we talk about the Suns not making the playoff for 10 years. There's kids that are seniors in high school that don't know the Arizona Cardinals without number 11. Yeah. Think about that. That's remarkable. That's that's absolutely remarkable. Really, 21-year-olds, because, you know, you don't really start following sports until like four or five. So, you know, there's 22, 21-year-olds that don't know the Arizona Cardinals without Larry Fitzgerald. My wife, uh, Karen, is a school principal, sure. and she had me, uh, it was um, awards day or ceremony or something, so she said, hey, will you go get some popsicles for me? Mm-hmm. 
and uh, you know she wanted anyway. So I, I ran out, got some, and brought him to school. And there was a little man out front with her who was apparently had to, to be with the principal. So he mm. got in some trouble. But he was wearing his Larry Fitzgerald jersey. <laughs> and that's what struck me. What's your favorite, what's your favorite popsicle, though? Uh, bomb Pop. Okay. The Bomb Pop. You go red, white, and blue. I'm, I'm going Although I'm pink. getting old. Don't, don't tell anybody I said this. I'm getting old. I was, in, I was in the supermarket. I was getting what she asked me to get. Uh. And I was looking at the 100% fruit bars, the grape ones. <laughs> it's like, they're on sale. That looks mighty good. <laughs> I'm going Fudge Bomb, bro. It's got to be fudge. Fudge, bomb. yeah. Fudge bomb is the ultimate. Yeah. I mean, when you when you said it, you just you sparked all kind of. Yeah. Well, I don't want to be that dude. Like get the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> After I take my fiber pills, I like a fruit bar. I call it a night. What the heck? But anyways, little man was sporting his his, yeah, his number eleven. That's right. And That's and right. you know, Karen, she's like, whatever this kid's name was, I can't remember. This is my husband, Mister Gross, whatever. And uh, I said, Knight's Jersey, and he said. Larry Fitzgerald like I mean that's that's this town now and when I first moved here back in the 90s yep you didn't see little kids running around in Cardinals jerseys no no yeah, they were wearing Packers jerseys and Bears jerseys and Steelers Cowboys jerseys. and Raiders and yeah, all that right? kind of stuff but this little man was proud of his Larry Fitzgerald jersey you know Larry is I think one of the few guys in the valley really in all of NFL that you see that most fans probably have their third or fourth Larry Fitzgerald jersey which means that he's been around for a long time. Like you wear a jersey pretty consistently for a season or two here or there. I mean, he's if you wear it for if you've worn a Larry Fitzgerald jersey for five years, you could pretty much say you you've gotten a, a, a lot of wear and tear. So you've had to replace that three times mm-hmm. to 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 really be a true Larry Fitzgerald fan. So he's been around long enough that you've had to 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 re up on Larry Fitzgerald jersey. Three or four times easily in order to really rep the man properly. That's a great you, point. You, you can't you can't have the old outdated one with the flag on still. I mean, come on now. We 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 we've gone past that, dude. Are you reading my notes here? Because I was going to tell you, <laughs> we used to have season tickets at at, at Sun Devil and then at at uh, the the new stadium in Glendale. Uh-huh. Back when I used to yell at you from the four hundred uh-huh. State and, Farm Stadium. Yeah, that's right. And there was a guy that sat in our section. Mm-hmm. This was a couple of years ago, but he had. A number 98 Eric Swan jersey. Wow. So you talk about wow. as the years go on, you could barely make out because he washed this. <laughs> he throws it in with the whites, I'm sure. It's like all, all faded out. You know, but he, the, you know, the, 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 the whole, like yeah. he, he had the flag jersey, oh, Eric Swan. Wow. This was this was after after 2008. So I don't, I no guess, so it wasn't like yesterday, but right. still. He's been gone a long time. A, Props to the man for taking care of his favorite jersey. B, man, open the wallet up and buy a new jersey. Come on. If you're that hardcore of a fan. I mean, hey, it is what your, it is. Who's your favorite Arizona Cardinal of all time? Well, I'm, I got to go with Eric Swan. Yeah. I got to. I mean, you still see, yeah, every now and again, you'll still see a Larry Sinners out there. Uh, who, who else would you see out there? Jake. Jake Plummer jersey There's a lot out of Jake there. Aeneas. Aeneas Williams, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it it's crazy. Speaking of Cardinals, why do I think of these things? Cardinals memories, Aeneas Williams, the interception return against the Packers in Sun Devil Stadium. I think mm. 
it was a thousand degrees that day because it was the first home game of whatever year it September. was. September, mm-hmm. and he had a, a, a I don't know if it's still the record or tied a record, a, a, an interception return for a touchdown in that stadium, which wasn't even full of Packers fans to show you how hot it was. Right. And the thing that I remember because we were in the upper level there too, when we looked over the edge, the lineup of ambulances outside usually you have an ambulance in the tunnel for any unfortunate things that might happen on the field this was for the things that were happening (laughs) the heat stroke the the uh the you know people that get liquored up before they go in and then they sit in 100 i forget it was like 104 it was the hottest Mm. at the time the hottest ever kickoff for an nfl game yeah a lot of of melted cheese in the stands you know what i mean (laughs) the cheese heads kenny main did that one time do you guys see that where he he did the egg on the, the seat yeah when we would walk into Sun Devil Stadium, we would buy three bottles of water. Uh-huh. You'd buy one, and whoever's week it was, like if the three of us went to the game together, yep. it's your week. you got to buy the extra bottle because mm. we pour it yep. on the bleacher so you didn't get burns when you sat down. Yeah, man. Oh, man, that's stable. Come a long way. Come a long way. All right, uh, is it time? It's that time, we're just bro. We're just buying time right now, getting the crack research staff ready. Mm. They're feverishly working behind the scenes to, uh, to get us ready for Pump the Brakes. Let's do it, brother. Let's do it. That's coming up next. Yeah. Mm. Welcome back. I don't, I'm going to have to talk over this. I get like... A few seconds just to let it breathe. Drink it in. Yeah, let it let breathe. It breathe. Let it breathe. Drink it in and let it breathe. Mm. Pump the brakes. You know it. You love it. Apparently, it's trademarked. Saw that on Twitter today or this this week. If it's on Twitter, it has to be true. True. Everything that's on Twitter is 100% true. Take it to the bank. No I, you know who said that first? Abraham Lincoln. Is that right? He wow. said it first. He said it first. Yep. About Twitter. About social media, but mm. <laughs> we can use it All for right. Twitter. Cool. Uh, so here's what we do. We uh, we throw out some topics. I make some outlandish statements or things people are talking about out there. You tell me if you're pumping the brakes on that particular statement or if you're rolling with it, if you agree. A lot of talk in the National Football League. This is where we're going to start about mini camps and teams voting together to not show up this year to mini camp. Use the voluntary, right? Use the air quotes. The OTAs. The voluntary. Yeah. Yeah, OTAs. So, pump the brakes or not, OTAs are needed in the National Football League. Pump the brakes. (laughs) What do you get out of them? Uh, You get hot here in Arizona. (laughs) Uh, That's about it. But what it is, it it gives you an opportunity to to go over – a lot of the of the of the game plan, a lot of the calls, and all those things, and you get on the field for a little while. But the little money that they pay those guys to go out there and, and welter and sweat uh, in that heat here, especially here in Arizona, it's not worth it. Um, it's it's really a way to keep track on guys to make sure they're not doing anything silly and, and or, sh- or keeping themselves in shape, keeping themselves yeah. in shape. But you know, it 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 really is just a way to control because. It's always understood, like it's you're voluntold to go to those camps. Exactly right. And so, uh, to me, the less that you have to be in the building, the more you want to be there. If that makes sense. I get. I understand that. I get that. Gross. I'm gonna pump the brakes as well, but and I. You asked the question, and I knew exactly where, yes. where he was going because we, he and I, have had this conversation. So I agree with that, Mm -hmm. but I can't help but think there's something more to this right now. 
you know, because the reason we're voting to not go is because of the players saying, look, the NFL had their chance to give us protection to COVID and this and that. And, you know, they didn't do their share or their part, excuse me. So we're going to make this stand here. Like the players are providing this unified front somehow that, you know, you said has been very difficult for them to do. Then the NFL today or yesterday came out with a statement. Well, that's fine. But remember, player, if you get hurt during your own workouts, you're on your own. If you get hurt at our place, you're covered. We'll take care of you. So it just feels like, yeah. on the one hand, it's not a big deal because it's OTAs. And, and, you know, I've come to believe what you say. You know, as a fan, you always like to see the news and get the camera, the guys in shorts and helmets and all that because that's kind of cool because it tells you football is out there somewhere. But I can't help but believe, and we were talking about this beforehand, is this setting up for part of a larger fight somewhere down the line as the collective bargaining agreement comes up. Players weren't all together thrilled with the way the 17th game came out. And, and so you've just got all these other things. And there are players that do have sign are built into their contracts, I should say. Incentives. Incentives to show up at these things. Yes. So I, you know, if 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 you tell me, Mike, I'm gonna give you two hundred grand, you go hang out over there for four days and do what your boss tells you to do. I might go. So I'm going to have to think twice before I vote to give that up, I guess is my point. Mike, this is sour grapes. This is sour grapes because they were basically told that they were going to have a 17th game, but you gave up that power the last time you were at the table with them. So I don't totally agree with the stance that they've taken. I've never been a big fan of, of voluntary workouts or right. voluntold workouts. Because I do believe if, if it is truly voluntary, then you have the right to not show up and not be looked down upon. But to me in this situation, the timing of it seems awful because it, it just seems as if they're, they're taking their ball and going home because they're just upset that they have to play a 17th game. You had the opportunity to take it off the table at some point during the last collective bargaining agreement. You didn't do that. You let the owners have that. And they, at some point, you knew they were going to exercise that right that you gave them, right. that you gave away, that you bargained away. So if you want to blame anybody, blame your player reps and all those guys that made decisions to go along with that and not take that off the table when it came to the real hard negotiations. Yeah, and I don't disagree with you at all there. It just seems to me to have a fight now about COVID, it seems it's a little misplaced. Late to the it seems a little misplaced. It's not about COVID. It's not. No. You know, because most guys, if they chose to, could have gotten They've already done what now. they're going to do right? to get themselves ready for the season, yeah. COVID-wise, COVID-based. Yeah. Right. Stop it. There you go. Number two today, Derek Hall, the D-backs, said today mm-hmm. that sports gambling in Arizona is a win-win for everybody. As you guys know, Governor Doug Ducey signed the bill today. It is now coming very soon. Derek Hall said it's a win-win for everybody. Pump the brakes or not on that statement. Uh, I'm not pumping the brakes, and I'm just going to say no sugar, honey, iced tea. I mean, it's been a win-win for everybody for a long time, and the fact that they didn't have it, it was because they were the ones not making the majority of the money. Right. Anytime that you have situations with gambling is concerned, it's always about the money. It's not about ethics. and not, It's not about morals. It's about how much I can make if I am the owner and I'm the, the entity that owns the team. I want to be the one that gets the majority of the of the, the loot, if you will, uh, from this, this, this type of situation. So in years past, they, they frowned upon it because they couldn't make money off of it, almost like they did with marijuana. If you couldn't tax it, then they didn't want it around. They'd just rather make it illegal and mm-hmm. take you to jail for doing something that, that is grown naturally in the earth. But I digress with that. 
and I'll say with the gambling, this was much ado about nothing and, and it's been a long time coming. You retired in 2009, 10. 10. January 2010. January 2010. New 2009 season, yes. What, what, what was the, as a player, what was the message around gambling and casinos and all that when 11 short years ago? What, what was Do the not me- go. You are re- basically banned from casinos. Do not go to Vegas and, and be a, a regular in Vegas. And, and if you put money down, you would get uh, the, the same treatment that Pete Rose got. Right. And it was completely looked at as taboo. And they, they had many meetings during camp about this. Right. They had videos that they showed about this. And so for them to do a complete 180 in that short of a time, it really took them 11 years to figure out the money. That's yeah, all that's it, it I mean, that's totally it. To, to go from you can't go to a casino. You couldn't even do NCAA pools in, in the team facility. You didn't back. even want your face on the video cameras, the surveillance cameras when you walked into like the Wynn Hotel right. or Planet Hollywood. You didn't want any parts of that because you were scared that they were yeah. going to try to take your money. You'd have to fight for your signing bonus or something. And so and so to fast forward now where you're going to yeah. have the official gambling partner of the Arizona Cardinals or the NFL. In the facility. In the facility. Gamble from the comfort of your own seat. Yeah is just remarkable how much this has changed in the technology that's out there. But as B-Train said, it's all about the money. They couldn't stop it, Mike. This was bound to happen. I mean, yeah. there, it was just going to become too easy to, to place bets. You could do it anonymous, anonymously uh, on your phone. It, it, it was just too much for them to try to keep a, a stranglehold on it. They knew they had to, to acquiesce, and, and here we are today. And you brought up Arizona legalizing uh, marijuana. And the cynic in me is, is sitting here saying the only reason the legislature acted so quickly, because it was quick, it came out of nowhere, was the fact that it was going to go on the ballot in Arizona and it would have passed. Same with marijuana. The no legislature doubt. didn't write the rules for marijuana. Now they don't have the control that they would want other right. over it. So they weren't going to let that happen with sports gambling. And that's why it happened the way it did as quickly as it did in Arizona. Next question. Uh, the odds for NFL MVP have been released on a handful of websites. Wow. Uh, the Can I M- bet on that? MGM. Yeah, he can actually. MGM and uh, betonline.ag. They all have Kyler Murray in the top five in terms of odds. MGM has Kyler Murray at 14 to 1. BetOnline.ag has Kyler Murray at 16 to 1. So pump the brakes or not. The biggest roadblock of that actually happening for Kyler Murray is Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, oh I didn't, I didn't think you were going there. The biggest, the biggest hurdle for Kyler Murray is the NFC West. That's going to be the biggest hurdle for him because he's got to win six, five of those six games in the division, and I just don't know if I can see that happening. I agree. In 2021 for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I didn't know you were going there. And look, I keep asking you guys this question because we get all these little little things that come out, not, not uh, at one time, but at the end of the season, the, the sports uh, – no, ESPN said that the Cardinals were number 14 in their, in their offseason rankings. Yeah. Then they broke it down and said teams that are close to getting to the next level. They put the Cardinals on that list. And then even little things like this that, as a standalone, aren't, like, huge, but you just put it all together, and it makes us sound like we're the, the old cranky men on the front porch about the Arizona Cardinals. Everybody else is like, oh, keep an eye on this team. Keep an eye on this. Keep an eye on – hey, that Kyler Murray, he's, he's, he's one to keep an eye on in the, uh, in the MVP race. Speaking of gambling, if I were to gamble, that's not a bet I would take right no. now. No. All you so, got to do is look at division. Are they better than the 49ers? 
Are they better than Seattle? Are they better than the Rams? There you go. So you're pumping the brakes on it, too. <laughs> Whatever he said, I say. <laughs> By the way, the top five, Patrick Mahomes, 6-1. to one, Aaron Rodgers, 8-1. to one, Josh Allen, 12-1. to one, Lamar, 14-1 to one as well with Kyler Murray. At hmm, all quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. All quarterbacks. Yeah, you don't, you don't hit the first non-quarterback until 15, and it would be uh, Derrick Henry. And see, that's, that's my point. This is where I'm having a hard time with this because you go look at those other guys you mentioned in the top five. You can make a case for – Well, I looked into it last year when people were talking about Kyler Murray. Yeah. Uh, remember when the Cardinals got off to the hot star, people started talking about it way too early. It's like week six. The average number of wins for the NFL MVP yeah, in so. terms of team stats is 11 in the, over the course of the last 20 years. Yeah. The average number of wins is 11. So you got to win 11-plus games even be in the conversation. And I just didn't, to your, to your point, I just don't see that happen. Well, and that's what I don't, uh, that's all With another game. What's that? Yeah, you with another the, game. You don't see them getting 11 wins with another game added to the roster. Well, to the I roster. mean, that would change things a little. I, I, but no, I don't. I don't. 11.5 now. <laughs> I, I just, that's what, that, that, this is the disconnect for me. Like, I get it. I'm not arguing your point or your point. I just don't understand this. Because the, the rule of thumb, and we learned this talking to our friend on the radio show, our good friend Marco D'Angelo, they set the lines to attract. They want you to get in. Right. Yeah. So given that, you know, Kyler Murray should have some some higher numbers to attract. Jeez, ah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get off. I don't know if you guys course. saw it. It was kind of a funny moment this week. So Alec, Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod, yeah. a part of the ownership group now for the Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Yes. Anthony Edwards said in a, in a post-game press conference when he was asked about it, Who's, who, who's, who's Alex Rodriguez? He didn't know who A-Rod was. At least he played like he did. So pump the brakes or not, you're buying the fact that Anthony Edwards has no idea who Alex Rodriguez is. No, I, I think I, I buy that. I think he has no real clue. If you're not a baseball guy, if you've spent all your time aau and playing basketball, all those kind of things, baseball is so far down the totem pole when yeah. you start talking about uh, stars and, and individuals because there's so many. There's so many great players in baseball. I mean, if it's not Trout or or uh, a Junior uh, in in uh, San Diego, mm-hmm. I, I forget Tatis. it. Tatis. Fernando Tatis. Fernando Tatis. If you're not one of those guys, they don't know who you are. Well, and A-Rod was great 20 years ago. But he's A-Rod. So that's my thing. Like, yes, I agree with you. If baseball doesn't market their stars, and that's a whole other pump-the-break segment. Uh, but pop culture-wise... Like, it's hard to not know who Alex Wright. He was just, they broke up, by the way. Uh, he was just married to J-Lo. No, you, they never got married. They were engaged. Oh, they're engaged. Gaged. Sorry. Sorry, they were engaged. Called the engagement off. Called it off. Well, and he's on ESPN, He's just, just pop culture. Like, how do you not know who Alex Rodriguez is by a pop culture standpoint, less of a baseball standpoint? I guarantee you Anthony Edwards would not have a lot of memories about Michael Jordan, a guy that played in his own sport. But he would know who he is. He would know who he is, but he couldn't tell you specific type of, of, of games. And, and no. he wouldn't know about the flu no. game. He I wouldn't know that. about the 63 against the, the Celtics back in the day. He wouldn't know the those The eyes things. closed free throws. The eyes closed free throw dunking over Tree Rollins. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, there are so many different things that you could take from a Michael Jordan. But when you're that much younger than those guys, those legends, you, you, you only stick to the guys that are around your age. That's just the way that these young kids are. They don't go back and do their history and their homework about the greats of yesteryear. You think he knows who J-Lo is? No, I don't think he does. <laughs> no, you don't think he knows who J-Lo is? I don't think he does. All right. 
Is there a better chance that he knows who J-Lo is as opposed to A-Rod? Yes. You know what? No, because what has J-Lo done in the public eye? No, I get it. That would garner her that attention. Super Bowl. She just did the Super Bowl two years ago with uh, Shakira. She did one song with Shakira. Shakira. Okay. No, they were were, were 50-50 the whole way. I I mean, okay. That's assuming that he's a football fan. True. Okay. And that's assuming that he really cared what her name was. And didn't she just do some movie where she she was stripping? It was like her, they were like t- the movie premise was they were taking they were taking advantage of guys that came into the strip oh, club. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw yeah, that yeah, movie. So yeah, was it good? Uh, it, it was pretty good. Is it? Yeah, right, it's pretty it good. You know what this reminds me of too mm. when you talk about because I think what you said is, is right and it, it's kind of an indictment on the AAU culture. I got a 15 year old son at home, mind you. So, yeah, I, so I'm you, speaking you're right from there. experience. You're not far I'm off. right in the middle of it. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> but you're smart enough where your your son is. He's running track. He plays football. Like he he's diversified. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like he's out there. Like this AAU culture. Like it it's. One I don't track. know that it's good for kids. It's not healthy. Right. No. Because you know you you, you play your high school season and that's an afterthought. And then the rest of the year is AAU. And the really high-level AAU, you're with the team 24-7. You're traveling. You you do what your it's AAU does. It's expensive, It's expensive. They're giving, they're giving up their savings to, to get these kids. And it's all-consuming. It's like the, yes. the, the, the travel. And there is the, no off-season. The, the commitment that these kids make. There is no off-season. Um, so it's not altogether far-fetched that you may not know who A-Rod is if you're, if you're committed or have been committed for the last how many ever years of your life. To AAU basketball, I, and I hate to say that, you know, it's, I, I don't know. The, the, he would have been fifth. I think I heard somebody talk about he would have been fifteen, right, ish, when A Rod retired. As so. a basketball player, fifteen-year-old basketball right. player, concerned about an old age. Well, and that's what he said to baseball. He, he goes, player. "I don't know anything about baseball." Well, that's the, there. And, and, bingo. And, and and it would have been. To me, it was more of just the pop culture thing. Well, but. to me, it was more than no. what what do young kids in general think about baseball. Yeah. Or old baseball players. I'm telling you, if they don't, if you're not a current baseball player, like mm-hmm. they don't know who they you are. They don't even know who the current baseball players are. Let's let's, let's call it like it is. I <laughs> they have, know Trout. They I know to, Trout. You should. You should. Okay. I have to. Uh, I'm gonna pump the brakes on the music that we love so much. I got to bring in a different different track for this Uh-oh. next story for you guys, wow. though. Okay. All right. So here's our last one for pump the brakes. There. Uh, speaking of odds. Okay. There are odds right now uh, that. Since the Pentagon has released information about aliens and UFOs, there are odds right now that in the next year, the betting odds that humans will make alien contact are down to 20 to 1 after the Pentagon has, has confirmed the Navy footage that went viral a couple months ago. So pump the brakes or not. Aliens are real, man. I ain't pumping the brakes. They're real. They're real. <laughs> You're trying not to laugh at the music and the whole situation. Uh, no, I'm not laughing. I, I'm, 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 I'm really okay. Pump the brakes or not? Aliens are real. No, they're real. To think that we're the only Thank intelligent you. life force out there—that would be insane. Mm-hmm. But twenty to one of the odds. This that, year. That being said, we're not ready for that as a culture. Oh no, we're not. We are not ready to <laughs> embrace that. <laughs> They're not. We're not. No. 
We barely look. We, we don't barely trust our can neighbors. get. A, we we barely get along with each other. Right. How are we going to get along with another life form that's actually smarter than us? Oh. Wait a minute. Wait. A minute. Are you talking specifically we, or are you talking more broadly? Oh, broadly. Oh, I'm talking you. about we don't. We I'm don't even checking. understand each other. I mean, think about it. I, I don't know another language other than English. Mm -hmm. So my communication level is limited to my country. I don't like I anybody go from anywhere Ohio. else and communicate with other people. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Eddie Griffin, the comedian. If you, I don't know if you're familiar with Eddie Griffin, the comedian. Uh, Eddie Griffin had a, a somehow aliens got brought up in one of his in one of his comedy shows, and he says he was he was looking at it from the aliens' perspective. He's like, I'm not landed down there. Look at them; they fight over black and white. I'm purple. What do you think they're gonna do to me? <laughs> <laughs> your, your point? To, yeah, well, to, yeah. are we ready for that as a, as a no, society? No, we're not. One of the greatest predictors of our time is The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. And look at how their alien characters view the Humans. planet Earth. Yeah. They, they, like, they, they routinely, all doesn't, the things you just said. Doesn't Homer open up the door and see aliens standing there and go, oh, great, Mormons, and he slams the door Exactly. And then there, there was oh. one time where they did, and the, and the nuclear bomb goes off, and it just what you said. See, I told you they weren't ready. <laughs> hey, I used to, for work, I At used least to have, we all agree, there, you know, there's got to be something out there. there. Oh, yeah, there is. Gotta absolutely. Be, I, used to, be, I, I can't wait. I, I, I want to know, because I used to go to New Mexico for work, southern New Mexico, Area 51. Mm. Come on, what's that all about? Right? What is it all about? All like, about. there's so much to it that we just don't know. The Phoenix Lights? The, the, I, I know for sure we are not ready. We're just not ready for that. <laughs> Done. I'm with you. That's today's Bump the Briggs. What a weird way to stay, uh, to wrap That was it a good up. one. I like that. Yeah. Very, very thoughtful. Thought-provoking. Thought that was Pump the Briggs. Trademarked. <laughs> and we'll see you next time on Training Gross. I holla. <laughs>